Joya, I gotta talk about how hydration is very important. I learned this recently. Hydration's not just for like running marathons and exercising and that. You need to be hydrated daily. It's daily maintenance, right? So if you're going to the airport or standing on the sidelines of your kid's soccer game in the hot sun, if you're on back-to-back conference calls, it doesn't matter, right? Proper functional hydration is essential. And Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product that you're missing in your daily life. Well, <laughs> maybe not you, Toria. <laughs> uh, it's true. I actually use Liquid IV. I've used it for probably almost two years now. Uh, it comes in so many yummy flavors. It's a little powder that you put in the water you're already going to drink. It comes in strawberry, lemonade, grape, lemon lime, pina colada, watermelon, so much more. Um, it makes you feel so much better, so much faster when you need to hydrate. And with just one stick of this stuff, you hydrate real life two times faster than water alone. So quit wasting your time with water. It's it's for losers. It's a loser's game. Plus, you get essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, vitamin C, three times the electrolytes of any leading sport drink made with quality ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, soy. Plus, this company, they want equitable access to clean and abundant water for everybody. And to date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So, Toria, how do we get this stuff? So, it's real people, real flavors, real hydration. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use your code OMRCHEFPOD at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code OMRCHEFPOD at liquidiv.com. Use it now. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the final four episodes of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast about the nanny. Hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Shondi Pasquale here with... Toria Sheffield. Yes. And this week we are talking about season six, episode 19, Maggie's Wedding, written by Jane Hamill and directed by Fran Drescher. <gasps> oh my goodness. Yes. yes. I, I didn't know yes. that. I know you didn't because I didn't either <laughs> until I saw it. And I was like, oh, neat. Okay. Um, so, uh, Toria, mm-hmm. what is this episode about? This was a weird episode, I, huh? I know. I, I like, literally, my first note in all red is I have so many questions that we so have many to get questions. into. I have so many questions. Let's, listen, let's break it. Hey, we only got four episodes left. So kick off your shoes because we got time. Let's break it down. Gonna, what happened? We're going to dig in. This is the episode. <laughs> Hold on. Let me put on my diving, my diving mask because I'm <laughs> jumping in. <laughs> Sean, no, there are sharks in that water. Oh. Yes. So this is the episode where Maggie gets married. And again, I just wrote what in all caps after because no, guys, she was not engaged before this episode. Yes, she is. I think a freshman in college. Right now, uh, <laughs> stuff happened. Okay, let's start at the beginning. We've met this guy before, right? We, we've definitely met uh, Michael. <laughs> Michael, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so so small of a character that I barely remember his name, but but we have met Michael before. I because I do remember the Jewish model, right? That triggered for me when she's like, "Oh, she's marrying a Jewish." model i was like oh right maggie is dating like a hot fashion model guy who's also a jewish guy and i remember fran being very excited about that 
That was this season, right? Oh, yes, it was a season. Okay. You're like, and- oh, God, it's like, can I just say, <laughs> this is so funny to me. This is like when I try to talk to Kyle about like my friends and their like relationships or like, you know, it's like truly like, I'm like, yeah, because, you know, she's always been very, uh, you know, very unsure about blah, 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 ever since blah, blah. And he's like, wait, wasn't that, who is that? Like, you're like, you're like not absorbing the like interrelational facts yeah. of these people. <laughs> Just, yeah, I don't. That's, that's, that's what like it feels me with like. everything. Yeah, that's like me with everything. <laughs> it's just, it's just. I mean, I know. Hey, it just feels very stereotypically uh, male to me. They're like, uh, yeah. who is this guy? Like, what it was in this season? I'm like, yes, of course. Don't you remember? He has his own apartment, and <laughs> but okay. No, but that. But uh, what I'm on. trying to say though is, we established we met this guy one time, and then we never heard from him again. And like, to be fair, was, we've barely seen Maggie, I feel like. Yes. I mean, I actually think if this had been Yetta's wedding and they had somehow gotten Ray Charles back, oh, but I mean, that probably would have been a, that probably would have been like logistically impossible to just like keep grabbing Ray Charles whenever you need him. Yes. Um, yes. But there, there was more Also, I don't know, Yetta's letters, uh, Yetta's wedding, so uh, so close after Yetta's letters, it feels like too much Yetta. You know what I mean? Hey, impossible. Impossible. It felt it felt Um, terrible as I said it. Well, I think I think for me it was just more like um, if it had been like Maggie's engagement, okay. But Maggie's what? But okay. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, Okay. So basically, we start off with Fran and Val in the kitchen. Uh, Fran is very pregnant now, by the way. Yes. Like looks like she could. Yeah, the most pregnant. And she and Val are like having breakfast, and Fran Uh totally. Hey, Toria, Toria, are you on the wrong internet? No, no, I'm not. This I totally am on the right one. Can you hear me? Mm, no, you're breaking up. It's, um, you sound like a robot. S- I do. Hello, hello. Yeah. Oh no, I don't yeah, know why. Sounds, you sound like a robot. <laughs> it, it's very funny. <laughs> My robot friend Toria. Um, <laughs> all right. Oh, God damn it. Oh wait, talk now. Hello, hello, hello. All right, that cleared up. Okay. okay. I don't know. Maybe you just had like a weird thing. All right. Uh, what, if, what if you find out I was a robot and that was a glitch? And I'm like, I, I don't know why that happened. <laughs> you were like, you had like your stomach open and we're like fixing wires as I was talking. <laughs> I'm like, I, but I am definitely not a robot. <laughs> okay. But so then, um, so Fran finally spills to the beans to Val that Niles and Cece are having an affair. Like she literally like, she's like, I, I have a secret. I'm not supposed to tell anybody, but I need to tell you. Um, and she also reveals that um, Niles uh, had to go to the airport to go to a family reunion. And Cece is driving him in the limo or like went with him in the limo. And as she says that the kitchen door opens, Cece, like the, it swings open and Cece uh, appears. Her hair is a complete mess. Her clothes are completely disheveled because <laughs> she just got back from the airport. And she's like, um, Fran, uh, tell Maxwell that the uh, privacy window in the limo is cracked. It, it looks to me <laughs> like someone's heel went through it maybe. And then she literally oh limps away. <laughs> like, damn, they be boning. Okay. Yo, like, season sex does not disappoint. They really figured out a way to mention someone having sex in almost every single episode of this season. It's truly remarkable. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't enjoy thinking about Niles having sex. That's something that I realized this episode. <laughs> um, and I also wondered where Daniel really, Davies was. But it doesn't, was. CC having sex doesn't bother you. It's just Niles. 
Yeah, I would say. <laughs> to me, Niles, like as much as we've, you know, had this arc with him this season, he sort of feels asexual. But again, like had they made him like a gay character, if this had been like a more, you know, had they been able to and it wasn't like the 90s, I also could have seen that. He's just but interesting. But um also I wonder where Daniel Davies was this week. That's another mm, question I had. Right. Um giving birth. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> we then cut yeah. to the living room, and Maggie and Michael are there. They are making out. And mm-hmm. then he turns to her, and he's like, Maggie, I've got something to tell you. I um, I got that modeling job in Japan. And mm-hmm. he's like, and your parents are not going to like what I'm going to say next. And just as he says that, both Fran and Maxwell like happen to both be walking by in the background, and they both stop when they hear that. And then he goes... I'm leaving in five days and I can't stand the thought of us being apart for a whole year. Will you marry me? And he like <laughs> gives her a ring. And this is, I wrote, Oh my God. Yes. I went, I went, first of all, can't they long distance date? Like <laughs> it's or, one year. And then, like, and then like, <laughs> like, and or if, if and like, couldn't they just be engaged for that year? Maybe if worse came to her, she could like take Dude. a year off, but they don't get married. Like, why is this the solution? It how strong could this relationship be if he's like, I can't leave you for one year without imagining this whole relationship falling apart. So you have to come with me to Japan and marry me. And frankly, why couldn't she just go to Japan as his fiance? Why do they have to get married in five days before they go to Japan? None of it makes and, any sense. And also like zero discussion on what this means for her studies. Like Like she's at Columbia University. I'm just. No, and it's great because this is clearly like a very 90s. I mean, it's clearly the 90s because like, yeah, she has, she has no like, she doesn't go like, but I'm in school and I'm studying and I need to have like an education and a life and a job and I have interests. She's just like, oh, of course I'll marry you and move to Japan and be your um, wife. <laughs> do you know what this also reminds me of? Did you ever, you probably didn't see My Best Friend's Wedding, right? With Julia Roberts. I saw that movie. What do you mean? Everybody saw that movie. So I say a little prayer for you. <laughs> but you know what? A detail that I always forget sure. until it's like on TV again is that the guy, whoever he yeah. is, I forget his name. Um, he gets engaged to Cameron Diaz, who is leaving. She's a junior at Brown, and she is dropping out to marry him. And that's just like a little footnote detail. Wow. And like when I watch that, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right? You go like, like, whoa, she's dropping like, out of Brown. <laughs> like my mind, I'm like steam comes out of my brain. Where I'm like, how is this not a bigger? That should be the very. That's the movie. That's the plot. <laughs> That's the um, plot of the movie. Like the movie isn't anything else other than, <laughs> oh my God, this girl's going to drop out of school to marry this dude. <laughs> One year to go. Oh my God. One All year the money left. wasted. Um, That's crazy. Okay. So, but so he proposes after yeah. all and, and Fran jumps in and she's instantly like, yes. And Mr. Sheffield yeah, jumps in and he's like, no. And I was This is one I of the first right times where I was with. Yes, one of the first times where I was like, I'm a hundred percent agree with Maxwell here. Dude, me too. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. And then there is then there's like this whole sequence 
where Mr. Javier is just like, no, it's not happening. You're not getting engaged. And while he's saying that, literally, like, Sylvia walks in and Fran's like, Ma, Maggie's engaged. And, like, other people, Val walks and everyone's sort of just like, oh, my God. Okay, the ring is beautiful. Oh, we need to get you a dress. And, like, all the women have sort of descended and are just, like, completely ignoring Maxwell's protest and are just like, okay, they're grabbing their coats. They're already heading out to this or that. And then we cut to Val's car. And Sylvia, well, Val is driving. This was hilarious, actually. This is the, yeah, first of all, Val's car is amazing. It's It's so funny. Like, literally, like, Fran's Fran's like, oh, can someone roll the window down? And Maxwell tries, and Val's like, and then the the thing that you use to, like, the lever pops off. And Val's like, oh, yeah, that's not going to work. And then Fran's like, oh, I'm a little hungry. And then Val hands the window lever back to Maxwell. And he goes, I thought this doesn't work. And she goes, not for the window, but it's perfect for prying open the glove compartment. There's some Captain <laughs> Crunch in there. <laughs> so then he does that. And then he's like, there's not a, ba- a box of Captain Crunch in here. And she goes, oh no, no box. It's loose. <laughs> that was the highlight of the episode for me. But me while too. they're all in the car, it's like, you know, Sylvia and Fran are talking about like what you know, they're going to have at the wedding. Like, oh, she's like, oh, I yeah. want a little Cupid peeing champagne and I want this and that. And Maxwell's still going like, no, no, this is not happening. Um, and he's like, there's absolutely no way. We then literally cut to the dress shop and Maggie is trying on dresses. So it's like the joke is just that like, it, they're going to go through with this regardless. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And she's not waiting for his approval. And at the bridal shop, which is supposed to be, I think, the same bridal shop that we sort of started the whole series out with, uh, where Frank got yeah. booted. Um, it's so funny. Maggie is trying on these dresses. And then Val looks at Fran and she goes, isn't it crazy? Remember when you brought Maggie here all those years ago? You were just the nanny and I was working here behind the counter. Now you're married. You have a family. And I work at a donut shop six blocks closer to the subway. <laughs> and she's like, when you wish upon a star. <laughs> so funny. I loved it. Everything. It was that was good. to me like a highlight. And yeah. They also, we- they also earlier, uh, they bring up Melissa Rivers' wedding dress, which I thought was like such a quintessential 90s reference. Like, because like uh, Joan Rivers was, uh, I mean, oh God. So, okay, Joan Rivers was a comedian, a very funny lady, a queen of comedy as it were. And then eventually she got older and then she started becoming like a fashion comedy commentator on E! And then like a, from, a roast, like a fashion like a roaster. Fashion like roaster, very like yeah. mean comedy. They would send her to the red carpet and she would be like, you know, kind of like busting everybody's balls about what they're wearing. And then that led into her getting her own kind of show on E! And then she brought her daughter, Melissa, in. And Joan mm-hmm. and Melissa would kind of, like Melissa was like younger and nicer and Joan was Joan and... And 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 then the world became briefly obsessed with Melissa Rivers for some reason. It felt very manufactured mm. even at the time. Um, well, and so you- <laughs> we get a very like specific Melissa Rivers wedding dress reference here, which well, feels lost to the sands of time. I know it does, but the the thing that was funny about this joke was, th- like, the woman at the dress shop was like, "This is an imitation dress of the one that." that uh, melissa rivers wore so it's like it's not even it's not even like by the same designer or the same dress but they're like oh like they're still it's a knockoff melissa rivers dress and they're still super impressed and it's just really funny that like that joke took no setup in the 90s and basically is meaningless words now right like you wouldn't know 
unless you lived through it, would you True. ever know who Melissa Rivers but, was? She's completely irrelevant now. Yes, but knowing the reference, it was a very good joke. Like it was, it was so, a great it, it, joke. Yes. No, it was a great joke. That's it, that's why I, I highlighted it though, because I just I, it's so interesting to me how like a perfect joke. Because it's a perfect joke, right? It's a very, very funny reference. It's like perfectly referential for the time. They, not too much setup is needed, but it's like almost meaningless words now. If you don't know, if you I don't know. know the reference, it's it's really interesting. Yeah. The sands um, of time, you know, it's depressing. Yeah. It's really <laughs> so, crazy. Yeah, right, well, um, I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, and then in this scene at the dress shop, we then do a flashback. Yeah. To that original scene in the dress shop from the I got nervous episode. this was going to be a clip show. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Well, I was just like, oh my gosh, like look at how like how like like Fran's makeup was different back then mm -hmm. and Maggie was so young and it was that really beautiful scene though where where um Fran's like, "Oh my gosh, you're going to look gorgeous in this dress." And Maggie's like, "Oh, but like like everyone's going to be looking at me if I wear something like this because you know, she's just she's had no mothering. She's had like no no mom to like guide her through this really awkward like part of adolescence and yeah. Fran's like well they're just well yeah maybe everyone will look at you and they're gonna see a beautiful girl and like just like it, that was a really beautiful pilot um, mm -hmm. insert and um it reminded me of like oh yeah like like you know Maggie coming down the stairs and you know just infusing life into these kids um but so it was a nice little callback and I thought it was really also it, to your point, you know, th that pilot is so good that like when we started this podcast, we were kind of half tongue in cheek and then both were so blown away by how solid the pilot was that we immediately were like, oh, we're a hundred percent invested in doing this. Yeah. This is a really <laughs> yeah, good yeah, pilot. Yeah, yeah. So great writing is great writing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And okay. So then the next scene Mr. Sheffield is oh, sitting Oh, wait, well, outside. you get that really funny bit at the end of the scene where <laughs> at the very end of that last scene, you just hear off camera, do you think it'd be rude if I wear this? And they all look and Sylvia's in a wedding dress. Yeah. <laughs> She's just in a full, like, white wedding dress. She looks great. Yes. But, like, well, she also had a, a, a line um, when they were still back at the house where when <laughs> Fran's like, Ma, Maggie's getting married. And she's like, oh, I've never been this thin in wedding pictures. It has to happen fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so silly. <laughs> then also so but so realistic where like margaret yeah. margaret cho used to have this great very relatable bit to anyone who lived through like the horrible 90s diet culture where she used to say she she was describing how she would go on these absurd fad diets lose a ton of weight and then feel like she had to bang as many dudes as possible or as many people as possible uh because she was like well it's, like, she Cinderella. was skinny <laughs> yeah, and be like, you know, because she knew, you know, at midnight she turned back into a pumpkin. That's and it was great. so relatable to anyone who, like, yeah. has yo-yo dieted and been through all that, like, grueling nonsense. Um, Same and, like, girl. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, next scene, we cut back to the mansion and Mr. Mr. Sheffield, he's like sitting outside, like literally like sulking, like kind of his head in his hands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first Fran checks in on him and is like, you know, honey, if you just stop yelling and actually listen to Maggie, I think you'll realize that, you know, like she's following her heart and this isn't bad. And then, and then he's like, but if I talk to her, I'm just going to, you know, look into those eyes and I'm not going to be able to refuse her. And Fran's like, that's what we're counting on. Honey, come on over here. (laughs) Then she like ushers Maggie over. And then Maggie sits down next to him and she's basically like, she goes, dad, she's like, daddy, I don't also, God, you know, girls over 11 saying daddy always freaks me (laughs) out. Um, But so I agree. Uh, she's like, you know, daddy, I don't think you understand how Michael and I really feel about each other. And, you know, like why wait when you know, and then she kind of tries to break it down into like language he'll understand. She's like, you know, it's like when you read a script and you just know it's going to be a hit. And she's like, well, except when you pass on cats, <laughs> but she's <laughs> like, Michael is my cats. And, and please like, don't make me pass on this one. And again, I wrote, you don't have to pass. You just yeah. wait a year. And I go, if you guys are really so good together, you should definitely be able to make it through a year. Which is, <laughs> which should have been Maxwell's line there, right? It should have yeah. been, honey, I get it. And I like him and he's a great guy and he's successful at a young age and it's all great. Like, you only have to wait like a year. Like, so make this work, figure it out. I'm, I'm a rich man. I'll pay for flights. You can fly back and forth <laughs> and visit him. And, you know, we'll, I'll help you make this work, but I don't want you to do something that you're going to regret and shoot yourself in the foot because school is important. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well we that. So it's like, she says that to Mr. Sheffield and he's like, you really do love him, don't you? And then he's like, well, like you have my blessing or <laughs> whatever, oh. whatever he- I was screaming. <laughs> uh, I, I I know. I think it just man should not be... be allowed to have children. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's a terrible um, father. Well, but you know what? I'll, hey, there's also a bunch of other perspectives because I think I have some friends who didn't grow up with the with parents that like were really so much like you need to go to college, you need to go to college, and they'd probably be like whatever. She's a rich heiress. Like college was going to really do nothing for her anyway. (laughs) Like she was probably just going to like get that degree and then eventually go like, you know, travel through Europe and then like, you know, not do anything for real anyway. So, Mm -hmm. so maybe there's, maybe there's also some practicality in that. I I just, I mean, I'm really glad I, I don't even have to ask to know what Elizabeth's opinion on this would be. We both value like education immensely even though i didn't i didn't go to college (laughs) um we really value it and i think that if it when it came to like our children it wouldn't even be this wouldn't even be a question for us i don't think i think it's like obviously we would say what i just said maxwell should have said and encourage our child to just like do both like you should have your education and be able to support yourself on your own without being married to somebody for that support you know and yeah, and without depending on daddy's money too, for for that matter. Yeah, 
That's true. It is true. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, okay, so, so then we have the crazy, <laughs> crazy Yetta interaction. <laughs> yes. So we got to the actual wedding day five days later. Yetta sees Cece and she pulls her aside and goes, thank you so much for inviting me to your wedding. <laughs> she clearly thinks Cece is Maggie, which makes a lot of sense. And then she goes, she goes, also, did you hear about Miss Babcock and the male maid? <laughs> Referring to Niles as the male as a maid. male maid, it I know. Made me laugh so, <laughs> so I I I wrote it down and I underlined it. It's so funny. It's so <laughs> funny. And then but it's like he kind of is a male maid, so I don't know why it's so funny. <laughs> um, but so then, um, Cece's like. Cece's like, what do you mean? And she's like, apparently she's doing the horizontal. Uh, apparently, uh, Franny and her husband walked in on them doing the horizontal horror. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Cece's like, where? The kitchen? The closet? The limo? Walmart? <laughs> Meaning, they have been having sex all over that dang town in that yeah. house. <laughs> and then Yada's like, I don't know. And she's like, but if they're looking for new places, I recommend the aluminum sheds at Home Depot. <laughs> so gross. What? <laughs> so funny. Um, and then, uh, but this also causes Cece to like quickly dial Niles on the phone. She's like, Niles, they know. And she's like, I don't know how, but we need to go to Home Depot when you're back. <laughs> um, and then this next part sends this episode off into a whole new direction yeah which i'm like is this the a pod is it the b pod don't even know because no nope. michael arrives <laughs> michael arrives for yeah. his own wedding and he starts yes. talking to fran and maxwell and fran's sort of like going over like the seating charts or not not the charts but those little um what are those things called where it says like the names and the table seating number like seating cards it's like see they're called seating, seating cards, cards. I know this because I, I made them all for my wedding. <laughs> no, I was just about Pers- this. I was about to be like, Sean will know what they're called. Um, yeah, the I personally card. made them. <laughs> we printed them. I designed them. Uh, That's what happens when you're uh, broke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, oh, so so Fran's like, oh, you've got, a, you've got someone on your side named James Brolin. And Michael's like, oh, yeah, my cousin. And she goes, oh. Oh my goodness. And he's married to a Barbara. Oh, they must have so much fun with that. And then he's kind of like, well, kind of. And then it, 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 you know, Fran just thinks it's coincidence. And then she realizes that it's the James Roland mm-hmm. and that the Barbara is Barbara Streisand and that Michael's yep. cousin is married to Barbara Streisand and that they Crazy. are going to be at the wedding yes. imminently. <laughs> Yes. Fran gets so excited. And this was some very funny performances on Fran Drescher's part for like the uh, the remainder of this episode. She gets so excited, but she starts going into labor. And she's like, she's like, Max, Max, like Barbara Streisand is going to be at this house. And I'm going to be related to Streisand. And she's like, I think, I think. And he's like, what do you think? And she's like, I think I will get to labor. And then he literally starts to try to drag her out of the house. She is clawing like at the door frame she does not want to go she's like no i'll have them here it'll be fine <laughs> she's like will not go but he gets her to the, the next thing we get to her in a hospital bed and the doctor's telling her that it's like a false alarm you know they were just sort of like phantom contractions but she he does want her to stay overnight 
Pran is distraught. She wants to get back to the house ASAP. Um, and Maxwell actually gets off the phone. He's just been like talking to um, actually Yetta, who's incredibly confused, but other people at the house. And he's like, okay, darling, it's been decided. Like they'll just have the reception now and we're going to bump the ceremony for tomorrow so you can be there. And she's like, no, no, I need to get there. And <laughs> then he kind of like calms her down. It's like, you know, that like for your own good, you should stay here. And she's like, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. And she's like, you're such a good husband. You take such good care of me. And then she's like, she's she's just so manipulative and such. A, she's like, you must be so hungry. You know, have you even eaten today? You've been worrying about me. And he's like, you know, I guess I, I'm a little hungry. He's like, how about I go pick us up some dinner? And she's like, oh, you're the best. The second he's out of the room, she flings off the blankets like throws on her shoes and coat and runs out. And she's just like, she, she's like, he's wonderful. She's like, but I'm a person who needs people, which is a Barbara <laughs> Streisand reference. It is. And, it is. And she gets back to the house. She flings open the door. The house is completely empty. And she's like, Baba, Baba. <laughs> and then the phone rings and she picks it up and it's Max. And she, and, and he's like, you're going to be really mad at yourself. And she's like, because I arranged a surprise for you here. We cut back to the hospital room. The entire wedding party is there, including Barbara, played by Barbara Streisand impersonator, who's lip syncing pretty badly. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they did a very, like, uh, it was a very specific specifically unsynced job um it was it was pretty bad and, and i looked it up so this i was like is this like a barbara streisand like impersonator professionally i don't know her name is lauren michaels and she literally only has one other minor credit to her name so i i wonder where they found her i don't know but not a great lipstick job <laughs> yeah, listen, you, you do what you do. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, at least just a footnote. I'm just yeah. I'm just being uh, It negative. was very cute though. Being- I, I I mean it it came out of left field a little bit, but I thought it was like a cute little uh uh comedic, you know, kind of French farce. You know, she runs there uh-huh. and they go there. I thought that was cute. Yes. And then we cut to the next day. We're at the ceremony, which, which, you know, I got postponed and Maggie and Michael are getting married though. Again, Barbara and James Brolin, like couldn't be here for this. It could only be there for the day before. And then it gets revealed during the ceremony that Barbara Streisand had sung even more songs the day before when she was at the house. And Fran's like the look on Fran's face, like she's clearly like so upset by this. And as they, you know, you know, process out after the ceremony, Fran just goes, I'm so glad I'm pregnant. And then Maxwell's like, why, darling? And she goes, it's the only thing stopping me from killing myself. (laughs) And then like, like, that's her only comment. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) It's the end of the episode. (laughs) She says it. It's so funny the way she says it. She just goes, I'm so glad I'm pregnant. (laughs) So freaking good. then the button is just a blooper between Fran and Val, where like they can't get their lines right in the kitchen of the it's just very cute. And that that um, was the episode. It, it was like it was like the episodes Maggie gets married and Fran Dalton get to meet Barbara Streisand. I know. Um, um and I guess that's it. Maggie's moving to Japan. <laughs> Maggie Yeah, I'm just what is happening? <laughs> I don't know. What is happening? 
Listen, it was an interesting episode. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I I mean, there was parts of it that I thought were very funny. Like you know, it's the writing is still very funny. It's it's just I I was like. I just still I don't like that I don't like that this happened to Maggie. Uh and that's I mean, but but the thing is it's it's like part of me is like, oh, we're overanalyzing, like it's just a funny episode. But like I guess that's what we do. We literally have a whole podcast, so we are gonna overanalyze. Yes. We gotta fill the time. <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> I, I don't you know, yeah. I mean I'm not we're not I'm not trying to rag on the episode. I do think that it felt a little left field. I think um, it's not what I would have encouraged as a parent personally. And I guess if they had more than 22 minutes, they maybe would have had like an extra scene where maybe that's, there's some discussion of some of that. That was the only thing that really felt missing to me is I wish, I wish Maxwell as the voice of reason in this episode would have at least expressed more than just being like, no, I don't want it. And then going right to like, okay, if it makes you happy, I wish there had been like a sort of like, Hey, I really want you to do this. And, and cause they also could have said, Maggie could have been like, well, I, I've already transferred to a school in Japan and I'm going to finish out or I'm going to, I mean, I don't know, do it on, did online exist? (laughs) Here's an alt version. Okay. Here's my alt version. Okay. The episode is, you know, him proposing and then it is like the conflict between Maggie and Mr. Sheffield. And, you right. know, sort of similarly to, um, I forget which episode it was where, oh, I think it was that like, you know, the episode where Maggie like didn't want to go to college and she wanted to like follow that woman to Paris. And then in the yes. end, Fran was like, I don't want you to do something you're going to regret. And she ended up mm-hmm. making like the smarter decision, right? Okay, so it would kind of parallel that, but it's like she wants to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the episode, she is like, you're right. Like, you know, Michael and I have just decided to be to be engaged or maybe he gave me a promise ring and like, you know, like, mm. you know, and, mm-hmm. it, it, and I'm going to finish school. And then she, Michael says something like, yeah, it's too bad because, you know – my had we gotten married before I left, you know, we would have been able to have my cousin Barbara Streisand and James Brolin here, and then and then Fran would have been like, "What?" And like that would have been the end of the the episode. Yeah. Like you still would have gotten joke, that right? joke. Yeah, you would have yeah. gotten the joke of her being like, "Oh, be- they didn't get married, and I didn't get to meet Barbara." Right, but like that, uh, you don't. Yeah, yeah, I like that. All right. Well, listen. Hire us for the reboot. We're available. We're Our available. podcast is going to be ending soon. So, <laughs> but before so it does, time. we've got to get into some segments, Toria. We got it. Mm-hmm. We've got to. So, um, you ready for segments? Yeah, hit me. And now, segments. <laughs> Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segments? All right, so segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments. Uh, Sean and Toria. <laughs> 
<laughs> Moody I and electronic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was all like, right. What is the genre? Uh, that's like electronic music, I guess. I don't know. Listen, oh, I, I had to make I had to make so many of these. We're we're, we're <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> so, um, okay, favorite lines in moments. Um, I um, love that last line. The only thing it's the only thing stopping me from killing myself. Yep, I loved Yetta referring to. Have <laughs> you heard about Miss Babcock and the male maid? The male maid. Yep, I liked Fran being on the phone with Niles and being like, "Yes, it's a beautiful wedding. Yes, uh huh. Yes, everyone's using coasters." Yes, <laughs> I like that. That was a major concern of his. Is, is I can hear Niles in my head go, "Well, is everyone using coasters?" They're all using ghosts. Oh, good. Yes. Um, I loved everything that took place in Val's car. Yes. Yes. Mr. Sheffield saying to uh, the the son-in-law, oh, yes, I've always dreamed of my daughter marrying an underpants model. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, I already said this, but I love the line where Val like dreamily is like, when you wish upon a star, when she's like, you're married with kids and I, we're going to donut shop six blocks closer to the subway. Yeah. This isn't really, this wasn't like a line that like necessarily um, cracked me up, but did you notice when she goes, Barbara, can you hear me? That of course is a Yentl reference when mm-hmm. she, when Barbara goes, Papa, can you hear can me? You hear me? Yep. Uh, yep. And I, I would assume you know, I don't want to assume anything. I would assume I was going to say I would assume that um, a lot of our listeners know Yentl, but in case you don't, it is um, a movie starring and directed by Barbara Streisand. It is a classic, classic, yeah. and it is about a um, a young woman um, in Europe, a young Jewish woman yep, living I mean, in a living like, in a shtetl. Yeah, and it, it is probably like what like the. The turn of the century. I don't. Yeah, yeah, like around the turn of the century, and yeah. her father, who is a, um, he studies Talmud, and he dies, and she has always loved studying herself. But as a woman, she's not allowed, so she poses as a man in order to be mm-hmm. able to study Torah. Yep. Um, and it's it's a classic. Everyone should see it. And a lot of people feel that Barbara was robbed of the Oscar for Best Director that year. <laughs> well, do you remember? I, I'm pretty sure that she was the one who who announced the the Oscar. She, an- for- she announced the winner the year she lost. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's cruel. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to say it was like Catherine Bigelow or something. You know, I forget. Like oh, it was like the first yes. female director, and she literally looked at it and she goes, "It's about time." And then she announced a female winner, and yeah. it was kind of a nod to how like she didn't get it too. She didn't um, get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm Catherine, Catherine Bigelow, um, also known as Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> Catherine Bigelow, male gigolo. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so that was favorite so, lines and moments. Yeah, what yeah, else? yeah. Then Yiddish. We've we had okay. a great line. It was Mispuka when Mishbucha. Um, Mishbucha because basically yes. Brighton walks in after everyone has walked out after Maggie gets engaged, and it's just Michael and and um, Brighton's like, "What's up?" <laughs> and Michael's like, "I mean." I just proposed to your sister, but then uh, Fran wouldn't let your father talk. Sylvia has the ring, and they all walked out. And he just goes, welcome to the Mispuka, bro. 
as if like, yeah, that's what you're getting yourself into. And it was so cute that Brighton yep. said that. Um, yep. Also, this isn't exactly Yiddish, but- This book you know, meaning family, right? We've done yeah, this one yeah. before. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We also had the word hora as in like the horizontal hora. Hora mm-hmm. is a traditional dance performed at Jewish weddings where the newlyweds are lifted in the air while the family and friends dance in circles around them. And during the hora, the couple each hold one end of a handkerchief or napkin to signify their union. Hmm. We did that. Um, you did that. And so, you know, at my cousin's wedding, it was like uh, her husband, not Jewish, our family, like, you know, the Jewish side. Most of all of the guys basically were on the not Jewish side and none of them were Jewish. And nobody knew that you're only really, you only really lift people up on chairs for like a minute, right? They yeah. were trying to do it the entire song. And I was literally oh, no. afraid someone's going to have a heart attack. I wanted to be like, guys, That's you, you can let them down now. You can let them down. It was too much. <laughs> okay. Uh, but so, uh, Imagine you <laughs> tried to hold them the whole, the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am telling you, it was, it was far too long. And, and like, and I don't, and, and they then, just didn't know. And then the bride's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And they start to walk the chair <laughs> that way. <laughs> um, so then right. Nanny Trivia. We have fun. We have fun here. <laughs> hey, we have fun here. Hey, hey, it's, hey, hey we're just joking. good now. <laughs> hey, it's so, good now. Okay. Hey, we're not getting a divorce. So. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if the podcast broke up three episodes to go? We get in a huge <laughs> fight tomorrow, and oh, then we announce no. that we're not doing the final three episodes. Oh my god! <laughs> um, okay, so this this trivia, there's two parts. Uh, the first thing it dovetails perfectly with this episode. On, I did not know this episode was coming up. But I am listening to Barbara Streisand's memoir on Audible. You no affiliation, be. not a plug for Audible, but I will say it's a 48-hour memoir. <laughs> not kidding. Oof, it's, it is, but it's still it's delightful. She's an incredible narrator because mm-hmm. she, you know, she's an act she was an actress before she oh, was. Oh, she a narrates. That's kind of fun. I like when people yeah. narrate their own memoir. Yeah, a memoir. And a memoir. she um she is very so I didn't realize that she totally dreamed of being an actress and a movie star before she even knew she had a good voice. And she was in like serious acting classes and knew. she was kind of ignored as a kid. Like she was like from literally like, you know, the projects in Brooklyn. Her mom didn't pay any attention to her. And like no one was like, you've got something, you know, special. Like she was basically just like, I worked at this Chinese food restaurant to earn money for shoes. And then I like also did this. And then like, you know, like she no one was paying attention to her. But so in the in the memoir, you know, and maybe like five chapters in, and she's talking about like her the very, very early stages of her career where she was like 16, 17, and she was starting to get bookings like at this nightclub or that or this act. Renee Taylor is mentioned like at least twice already. Really? Yes. I was like, why? Oh, How do they know because- each other? They work so, together? Like- no, like she, Renee Taylor was also like, you know, a, a kind of a comedian, a performer. I don't think she was singing, huh. but she was like, she was like, you know, in, they'd be like sort of on the same lineup at the night at a club, wow. or a little, you know, and so um, Fran it, was just one degree away from yes. this whole time. Yes. And like, when reveal. you think about it, like, well, it made me just get sort of like, it, it, uh, even a. <laughs> no, 
like even a greater appreciation for like, you know, for Renee Taylor. Because I think when we started watching this, we were just like, oh, it's the lady who was cast as Rand's mother. And we didn't really know anything about her. And then we dug a little right. deeper and we were like, oh my gosh, like she actually in her yes. own right, like had been nominated for an Oscar for a screenplay. And oh my gosh, mm-hmm. she had this really successful play on Broadway and blah, blah, blah. It was like a writer and a creative. And like, we kind of learned all that. And then you're like, oh, and like, she came up with like Barbara Streisand. And actually like, I think, um, I think Joan Rivers was actually mentioned as well. So far, like mm-hmm. these other mm-hmm. people in the scene in like the sixties, the early sixties. And you know, for for Barbara Streisand to even like rem- be like, yeah, this was a significant sort of part of my story. Um, was yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like so cool. Um, and I think cool. it was like I think they shared a dressing room or something, and like she mentioned something that like Renee Taylor said to her or something. Then also, it kind of reminds you like, oh, Renee Taylor's so famous in her own right that like Barbara Streisand like mentions her without even like saying who she is, like just with the understanding that like, oh yeah, like if you. If you're aware of like who's who in this world, then you're going to know Renee Taylor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So hats off to Renee. That's so, that's so cool. Um, And then the, you know what? I'm actually going to save the next bit of trivia for next time. Ooh. Okay. Okay. What a good tease. All right. That's fun. We got to, listen, we got to string this trivia out because we only have. Three more episodes after Stop. this. Stop. Stop. I'm so sad. Now I'm getting flaclent. I know. I'm <laughs> getting very I, – I got genuinely sad this morning. I was like, aw. We got – I mean, and we can I just say we have been getting so many beautiful messages from listeners who are, like, really sad too and yeah. are sa- saying how much they've loved listening to us. And, you know, yeah. we will have done this for literally, like, three years I know. Isn't that bizarre? I know. It is bizarre. It is, right? It's pretty crazy. I don't know how we did it. Like, it does not, it does, it feels like a flash. If you had told me we've been doing this for a little over a year, I'd be like, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it does, it did, we started in the pandemic, right? Let's Mm -hmm. see. I, yeah, I got an email in our email when I created this email account, right? I got an Apple ID, da, 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 da. April 16th, 2021. But that way you got an email account for us. But that, <clears> that came was, later. That that was like that was the last we had right? it. We had yeah, we I think we did we start in early April or did we start recording in March? Yeah, we started in March because I also got this is when I signed up for Spotify for podcasters. This was yeah, this was all on April 16th. So I I cre- we must have recorded an episode and then I created everything on April 16th. I think that we, yeah, because because we started, yes, the, the email account was the, like, came several, like, almost like a month in at least to all of this. And yeah. we definitely started social media uh, earlier. Um, and I think we had several, we had a, several in the can before we released. So, yeah, so if, if this episode, if the finale airs sometime in early March, it's basically a full three years that we, we did this show. We did six crazy. seasons in three years. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, you mm-hmm. know, and my, my only real, the thing that I wish I had done differently, but I don't know how I could have, um, you know, we started this during COVID and I was able to really keep up with social media and I was able to, I would make like little clips of like teasers for the next week. And then of course, yeah. like I had to go back to work and like work more full time. 
And I think I would have like really like like pushed our social media more if I had had the time and like had those teasers and really like, you know, posted every other day. Yeah. Um, Listen, we, we did, we did the best that we could. I think we, I think we have a phenomenal audience and Mm -hmm. I think that they really have helped build a, a, a community and a fan base and oh someone recently suggested to us what if we did i love lucy as our next podcast oh my god that's it oh my that's interesting that's actually interesting that i don't yeah, know that there's yeah, any podcasts sure, that sure. that deep dive into those kinds of old shows you know i think we already talked about this in the last three years and we said it would be called i love i love lucy yeah oh yeah you're right yeah I love, I love Lucy. I mean, honestly, like it's not a bad, it's that one is, is of all of them, of all of like the sitcoms so far, that's the one where I go like, you know what? That would be actually interesting to me to like dive into that whole era of TV, which I think is probably like very well looked over at this point, but it would be really interesting to go watch all of the Lucy's in order. It would be kind of cool. Oh yeah. And the, the trivia behind that, would be fascinating too because like there's so much behind the scenes about like what Lucille Ball and Desiree and Ez's like business yeah. partners were doing their marriage like like famously you know I think Desiree and Ez was like basically like the first person to be like we are going to record this so that we can yeah. have rewinds like it was like a like a visionary in that way and like things just used to air live and then it was like goodbye forever <laughs> like Yes, six uh, we seasons. We never saw that episode ever again. Uh, let's see. They did six seasons. Uh, hundred and what does it say? Hundred and eighty episodes. And how many of there were the nanny? Over six. Like twenty-two times six. We, I think we yeah. we do this path every. Set, yeah, there's every there's less nanny episodes because I Love Lucy's first three seasons had over thirty episodes each. So there's there's definitely less nannies, but um, God, but yeah. people work just people worked like dogs. <laughs> Thirty episodes. Jeez. Thirty season one had thirty five episodes, dude. And you know, and you know, everyone <laughs> drunk and on operas that whole time, <laughs> like, like just because of the era. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were smoking cigs and they were just. God. Oh yeah, this would be um, fun, man. Uh, all right, all right. Well, well, listen. That's is that it? Oh, we didn't do the the oh the God, friend of the CC track. friend of the CC. Let's um, do the friend of the CC. Uh, we do love our fans, and I love Lucy is not a terrible suggestion. No, it's a great suggestion. Yeah. Um, it's just if we have the um fortitude. So so then the friend of the CC. I wrote, I'm no one. I would not have supported this or even been the slightest bit convinced it was a good idea. And so I, at first I was the Mister Shafriel, but but I would have I would have taken this disappointment to my grave if I was. <laughs> um hmm. who was i this episode that's it you know these get harder and harder as these episodes go um i guess i was mr sheffield yeah yeah Yeah. i mean until he gave in so quickly till he gave in (laughs) till he completely caved but yeah i guess i was mr sheffield because i i would have this would have been probably one of the few hard lines i would have as a parent it's like I don't I don't think it's okay to get married in five days <laughs> and run I to know. Japan. I yeah, just yeah, all you know, of it is bad. I think, yes. It's like here's the thing. If your kid, and I think you could probably appreciate this based on your experience, 
if your kid really comes to you and is like, college is not for me, this is not my path. And like, I tried it and and this or that. And you like know your kid and you can kind of see that maybe it's just not right for them. To me, that is totally different than yeah. A, well, getting married at 19, which is a very permanent, like, you know, huge thing. And it's like, you don't know yourself. Well, you are still in new relationship hormones. You have not like had any real experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, so to actually do that to me is crazier actually than maybe deciding that you are not a college person. And then I also think moving to a foreign country on a whim also scary. So it's like, I think maybe the thing that I was like, kind of like "Mm," going back and forth on, I actually do think that like some kids might not be for college. And I think that like, we're learning that, right. That like the people's paths are different. It is actually the, the getting married so young that I think is the crazy part. Agreed. Agreed. I think it's the getting married so young. Um, I, I mean, I also think it's the rushed look, not to get too deep into spoilers for the next episode, but a very similar situation happens between Brighton and Maxwell in the next episode. And I think that was actually handled well. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. Um, well, listen, we, we, we've got so few of these left. I'm, I'm really, I'm glad we're, we're, let's, we're gonna, we decided we're gonna slam the brakes and really leisurely stroll our way through these final episodes. So I hope, I hope this was fun for everybody and not boring because uh, we certainly meandered our way through this one. <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah, baby, yeah. Um, uh, but, And on that right. note, you know where to uh, find us? Oh, yes, yes, do that. Oh, Mr. Chef Pod on Instagram and X. Um, and then, oh, Mr. Sheffield Pod at gmail.com. Say hi. We love you guys. We love hearing from you. Um, and yep. we will see you next week. That's right. All right, Sean. All right, Toria. Bye-bye. Bye. And now, segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segments? All right, so segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments. Uh, Sean and Toria. 